All right, everybody, welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Tuesday. Hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. Hopefully, most of your Labor Day was spent staring at your phone or potentially computer or maybe even your TV watching CBS Sports HQ. You could have seen a seven-hour live marathon, telethon, that we raised $12,700 and counting. You can still actually donate for St. Jude's to help fight childhood cancer. Um, we took fantasy football calls. We had Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, Lindale White, uh, Beanie Wells was throwing little footballs at Dave Richards' face on a cornhole board. It was quite the scene. I wore a white dinner jacket, humble brag. And uh, you can still text CBS to 626262. The link is live through September 17th. By the way, I'm Will Brinson. I am your host. I am joined by, as Nick Costos likes to say, a cavalcade of friends to my left. We are in. We are live in Fort Lauderdale. R.J. White. What's up? What's up, Will? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm tired. You're not, yeah, I, I figured you'd be dropped dead by this point. No, but we've got beer here. Um, it's the Free Dive IPA from uh, Copper Tail Brewing in Tampa, Florida. Huge hits of citrus, pine aromas, and bright malt backbone. I may have told on myself, you guys as employees of CBS who work in the office are certainly not drinking, right? Kevin Steimel. That is correct. Who's making his podcast debut. Yes, I finally guilt-tripped it. You enough to allowing me on here. You know you could. It's just, an honor and a privilege, but I wish you were still wearing the tux. You know you could just tell me that you want to be on the podcast. Like you have that. I think I, I think I slipped it in there a few times. Yeah, but. Like, listen, no, seriously, I'm going to fire you if you don't put me on the podcast. Yes. And of course, longtime podcast companion of mine. We've been, you know, Ryan and Ryan and I've been podcasting for a decade. Ryan Wilson, what's up? I flew all the way down, uh, over a thousand miles to be here for. 18 hours, so I'm, I'm very happy to be here flying out first thing in the morning. I would like to do a five-hour podcast. You can take me right to the airport, and that way I don't have to rush around. You actually kind of would like this podcast to go until 1.30, and then you just go straight to the airport. Yeah, I have four hours of Landry Jones to talk about, so we, we need to get to it. The funny thing about Ryan's venture down to Fort Lauderdale, though, is that he was supposed to drive 12 hours from Asheville, North Carolina, to Syracuse, New York, with his wife and his two children. Left them. <laughs> not, not wrong. Left them to drive by themselves. Meanwhile, Jared Dubin had a dog to deal with. Sean Wagner is a millennial on the West Coast. Sean Wagner McGough. Actually, Sean will hear this because he listens to the podcast. It would have been obscene for Sean to fly to Fort Lauderdale. It would have, but but Mike, it's surprising how easily they said it, no to the boss. Sportsline mm. Mike flew is from Austin. He took a red eye from San Francisco where he was visiting on Saturday or last night. Got here, Mike this McClure. Morning. DFS millionaire got here this morning, rolled in here, did seven hours, no complaints. And so Sean very easily mm. could have done it if he wanted. I like that we're bashing Sean in front of his boss and knowing that he's and knowing listen. that like another one of his bosses is going to listen to the podcast. Maybe multiple bosses will listen to it. That's probably bad for Sean. Sean, you're great at your job, but uh, you banged here in this, in this big spot. Um, and, uh, and John Breach had family in town. John doesn't listen to this podcast, quote unquote, family town. Anyway, you don't care about our, our people who uh, did or did not make it to Fort Lauderdale. What you do care about is news and notes before we get to some leans from RJ, who has been analyzing the lines. And of course, Kevin and Ryan are neck deep in the gambling information relating to week one. Right, guys? Yes. I am. Read a lot of it today. So, All right, there we go. First off, Le'Veon Bell is the biggest news. We answered tons of fantasy questions about him. That's all we've really talked about today. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is staying away from the Steelers. Kevin Colbert issued a statement saying that the team is, quote, disappointed. The full statement 
reads if it will load. Why is this website so slow to load? Of course, it gives me a link. We're disappointed. Le'Veon Bell has not signed his franchise tender and rejoined his teammates. Colbert said, Coach Tomlin and the coaching staff will continue to focus on preparing the players on our roster for our regular season opener on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. Ryan is our resident Steelers homer. Where's your head at in terms of panic level one to ten scale for Le'Veon Bell's lack of appearance at training camp? I'm at about or a two, and okay. I think it's sort of funny that Steelers fans lost their minds when Landry Jones got cut a few days ago for Josh Dobbs and Mason Rudolph. By the way, Josh Dobbs has been named them two quarterback uh, for the deep cut there. But uh, Le'Veon, we knew he wasn't going to play in Pittsburgh beyond this season. The expectation was he was going to show up. Uh, like he did last year, the Friday before the start of the season, be ready to go. He didn't come on Monday. Um, Wednesday's the big day that he needs to be there. That's when the uh, sort of the, the install for that week's uh, game plan goes in. They're playing the, 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 the Browns. I'm sure RJ will talk more about that line shortly. But they have James Conner. They kept four running backs because just for this situation, uh, the uncertainty around Le'Veon Bell. They have your boy Jalen Samuel from um, – Jalen Samuels. Samuel, sorry, from NC State. Please get it correct. Steven Ridley, uh, journeyman, formerly of the Patriots. And James Conner can catch the ball coming out of the backfield. In fact, at, when we found out the news that Le'Veon didn't show up today, as I was talking to you, you did the unthinkable and immediately added James Conner to your fantasy team. Darn without, right I did. Without giving me that opportunity. So, I mean, they'll be fine. Uh, Antonio Brown's fine. Juju Smith-Schuster's fine. Ben Roethlisberger's fine. And as always, and I tell you this every time I talk to you, the question is the defense. So... If Le'Veon shows up, great. I know you have a theory about how he might be doing himself uh, a service, not a disservice by skipping a week or two. But I'll tell you what I tell you every time. Who's going to pay him? What do you want to get paid next February, March? when he becomes The Browns. Ready? Why not the Browns? What about the Giants? I'm just the Giants. No, the Giants will do They just drafted Saquon Barkley. They play quarterback, maybe. Uh, no, I mean, look, I think that Le'Veon Bell, if he skips two weeks, I don't, I don't know if he'll do that. I think he'll show up. I think he's just sort of firing a shot across the bow of Steelers management, Kevin. But if he does skip multiple weeks, he heads into 2019 free agency with less carries on his total than he might have had, which is a good thing in terms of the wear and tear on his body. It's good for the wear and tear on his body, but he'll also be a year older, even though he didn't put, any, didn't put any extra miles on this year, but he will be a year older and he won't have this year. He won't have any stats to put into a new contract for next year. Well, if he skips a whole year, but then he won't, he won't actually accrue free agency if he skips a whole year. He might year, be healthy, but who's paying him north of $14.5 million a year? Somebody will. Somebody, I mean, the, the caps, Jets, the, the caps have been exploding. You can pay guys whatever you want if you really want them on your but team. But no running back. Todd Gurley is four years. Todd Gurley was under team control for the next three years. He had to take a lower market deal. He, he, re, he, he reset wait. the market. Whoever pays him, like the Jets will pay him. Yeah, I think the Jets, the Jets could jump because the Jets are in that situation where they have Darnold. Just having ninety million dollars in cap space, right? I, I feel like that. The you're Steelers, a bitter Steelers fan. No, I'm fine with it. I honestly, no, you're clearly not fine. Let me ask RJ because I don't want. I, I you want, sound like your. You sound like your wife. She's like, I'm fine if you fly down to Florida. I will say this, RJ and Kevin. I've known Brinson for a decade now, and he tries to troll me, but it's like we're married. I, I, it's not going to work. You can. You're the reverse angry. troll doesn't work. The straight up slugging, troll doesn't work. Taking slugs of your beer, getting angry. <laughs> Thinking about Le'Veon <laughs> in a Jets jersey, running wild over. Let me ask you this, RJ, uh, as someone who knows about football, as I move the conversation <laughs> away from Brinson. I would have been fine. Well, let me, what would you have given up if you're Pittsburgh involving Le'Veon Bell to get Cleo Mack? Uh, in addition to Le'Veon? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, what well, I would do is straight up as a Steelers fan, but I'm guessing that the well, Bears. Well, no, you, know, you have to they, give at least a first rounder. Yeah. First rounder and Le'Veon for Cleo Mack. I might. I don't think the Raiders would do that. 
I mean, John Gruden's in charge. Yeah. I don't know what he loves doing. running the ball. No, I won't take Le'Veon. I want Doug Martin. <laughs> He's like, I need, I mean, I don't think that's enough because the pick would be late. Probably. And you're getting Le'Veon, you gotta pay him. It's like you're getting, like, the Steelers, the, the Raiders don't have any money. Right. And that's why they, they, they lost. They, yeah. Lost Khalil Mack. Anyway, Le'Veon Bell's going to show up at some point, probably in the next 48 hours, maybe in the next two weeks, certainly in the next fortnight, one would think. Well, the big conversation uh, on the uh, telecast today was, or, or the telethon, excuse me, should you start Le'Veon week one? So what do you, Will Brinson, fantasy expert, and Dave Richards, what did you guys come to? Come well, to? this is why if you if you draft Le'Veon Bell in your fantasy league, you have to go have James Conner. Like, you have to come out of the draft with James Conner, knowing that Le'Veon Bell's Contract situation was, situation was going to be an issue. Um, if you didn't do that, you're in a, you're in a bad spot. Hopefully you have enough, r- enough running back depth where you can plug and play somebody in. Um, I mean, look, you know, it's, it's tough because you're, I would, I would either go add James Conner or add Boston Scott or maybe, uh, Mike Gillisley. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say how the Saints backfield is going to. But you're just looking, like at this point, if you've got Le'Veon Bell, and he's one of your start, two starting running backs. You don't have anybody on your bench. You're just looking for somebody with carries. Right. So one of those guys, I think, is your best bet. Uh, James Conner first. I wouldn't mind adding Jalen Samuels. I think he could see plenty of catches in that offense in, in week one. Maybe. I, I think James Conner also, if you're a Mark Ingram owner and you know you don't have him for four weeks, that's a guy you want to jump out because you know at this point you're probably going to get at least one week of stats with him. So if you have – if you're waiting on Mark Ingram, you're playing it week to week. You're trying to see what you can get out of the running back position. Grab a James Conner. If Le'Veon reports for week two, drop him, drop Conner at that point and move on to the next guy. Um, dumb question. This white button is a cough button, right? Like if I'm burping or I want to take a sip. Sure. I think that. All right. Just making sure. Um, I didn't want to press it and like shut the podcast off. People are always impressed. I, I think listeners are hoping you would do that. <laughs> That's not fair. Uh, by the way, you can subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. Love those five-star reviews. Got to keep climbing. We're chasing... Chasing the 247 Sports Podcast on the, uh, with Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, and Tom Fernelli. We're chasing them on iTunes. Two quarterback bottles. Bottles? Battles. I've only had a quarter of a beer, I swear. Two quarterback battles that, uh, have, were announced over the, or over the Labor Day weekend on Labor Day. The Jets said they are going to start Sam Darnold. Wow. Shock me, shock me, shock me with your rebellious behavior. And the Bills decided to go with Nate Peterson after they traded AJ McCarron. Peterman, am I saying, I'm not saying anything right. I've been talking for seven hours. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nate Peterson works with us. I'll have to tell Nate he has a new job. That's right. Congratulations, Nate. You're going to get the crap kicked out of you for four weeks. I mean, would you be that surprised if they named Nate Peterson quarterback? No, I wouldn't point? be. Yeah. The results would be very similar. Like Nate thinks he's coming into work at, at the Fort Lauderdale office and instead he's helicoptered to Buffalo where he's the quarterback <laughs> against the Ravens in week one. Do, you're a Bills guy, RJ. Love sorry. the Bills. You're a Bills fan. Yeah. Are you, what is your reaction to Nathan Peterman? Starting over Josh Allen. I love it. I like, and you're, you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but I like Nathan Peterman coming out of the draft. Of course he had that terrible, <laughs> he had that terrible game. You're ter- underselling the terrible part of it. He game. had, okay, he had that atrocious That was game. an unfair thing to do to another human being, to start him like in short notice against yeah, the Chargers. There's in no LA. way he was going to have success in that game. And the bad offensive line against and Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. We couldn't have predicted he'd be that bad, obviously, but and <laughs> who knows how it shakes his confidence at this point. I don't think he can read too much in the preseason numbers, but obviously he's a good in the preseason. He's way better than McCarron or any of the, anybody else. Um, I like that he's had a whole offseason to learn the offense, get acclimated. Obviously they've seen uh, enough things from him that they're going to start him in week one. It's a bad matchup. You don't want to go on the road. It'd be a worse matchup for Josh Allen, you know, a raw rookie coming yeah. in. So I, I like it. You know, maybe he, he put something on tape for someone. 
it gets down to the trade deadline, a few quarterbacks are hurt, and you can trade uh, Peterman away for a fifth-round, sixth-round pick. Isn't it weird, Kevin, how we were treating Nathan Peterman like he's some seasoned vet? Like grizzled vet, it's like, oh, Nathan Peterman, yeah, he's, he's, the, 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 I mean, like, he's a fifth round rookie from last year. Like, he's not that old. It is a little bit. It's, uh, I think we had a Bills fan in today from, for, from St. Yeah. Jude. Yep. And he was, uh, trying to be politically correct with us beforehand, but he's, he's like, he's, he think- seems okay with it that, you know, because Alan, he doesn't, like we've talked about, he doesn't want Alan to get beat up the first couple games with that schedule. Yeah. Let Peterman be the sacrificial lamb, the, so to they're speak. They're at the Ravens, get the Chargers at home, at the Vikings, and at the Packers. That's a brutal four-game stretch. Somebody's going to get the crap kicked out of them. I, I guess might compared, as well be the fifth round. Yeah, I guess compared to Allen, he is seasoned. He yeah. had that one game where he got the crap kicked out of him. And it's going to be a rough, it's going to be a rough four-game stretch for So let me, ask, let me ask RJ this quickly. What is the thinking, do you, do you think, behind trading AJ McCarron to the Raiders? And then telling Paxton Lynch, hey, you know what? We'd like to talk to you a little by, bit. About- by the way, an unclaimed Paxton Lynch. So Paxton Lynch goes unclaimed. And then the, like, if you're Paxton Lynch, you've been in a span of 48 hours. You've been told you're the number three quarterback. John Elway gets your back. So still got some growing to do. Then you get cut because they claim Kevin Hogan. Ooh. Then not a single team in the NFL claims you on waivers. Not even the Cowboys. Not even the Cowboys. Jerry Jones loves you. And then to top it off, the only team that calls you for a workout is the Buffalo Bills. Where's your head at if you're Paxton Lynch? <laughs> I don't know. It's the first team to call. You know, you never know. And, and ask how I like to move. Like, I don't mind. You got to keep your, uh, your Rolodex, you know, for any non-millennials that knows what a Rolodex is. You got to keep that updated. You got to, got to have names that you can bring in at the quarterback position. So just do your due diligence with everyone. So I don't mind it. It's not like we know that they're signing him. They're just bringing him in for a workout. Well, so, it, well if you, if you claim Paxton Lynch off waivers, do you assume his contract? I believe so. Right. So that's probably why nobody claims him because then you can say, look, I, I, I don't remember if he has offset language or not, but presumably the new team can sign him for the veterans minimum or, or, or whatever it is. Sign him for a cheap dirt, cheap contract. Let the Broncos keep paying him by virtue of not claiming him. Right. So what are your expectations for the Bills this season, RJ? Because you're talking like someone who is expecting not to win a lot of football games. Yeah, um, four games might be optimistic. I mean, <laughs> you're really three, talking three like and thirteen. I mean, their offensive, wow. offensive line is garbage. Like we we saw in the preseason, wow. they they were taking uh, Cincinnati Bengals cast off cast offs. Right. And Russell Bodine was like the worst center in the NFL last year. Yeah, they got I think they got two Bengals cast offs. You yeah. know, in that, in that offensive line and. Deion Dawkins, who you know showed a lot as a rookie, but if he's he's your best lineman and everyone else is a question mark, like whoever's back there, quarterback is going to get beat up, like you said, and a lot of that comes from having no talent on the offensive line. So it's going to be a long season in Buffalo, like a four, four and twelve, three and thirteen. Wow, going for the number one pick, I think it does feel like Bills fans are sort of okay with it because of the playoff berth last year. Like it totally. That's like, ah, you know what? We're gonna win three games and Josh Allen might complete twenty two percent of his passes if he if he lives long enough behind that offensive line throwing to Kelvin Benjamin. But what's their draft situation? Because they moved up from twenty something to twelve and then twelve to no, seven. But remember but they, they were using picks from this year. Remember they did, okay. remember remember All they right. got the extra pick in the um is it uh, uh the, is it Mahomes deal with the Chiefs last okay, year. Okay. Didn't have to give up a first future first round pick. So that they, was that was a good thing Brandon Bean did. So it, they can afford to be terrible. All the maneuvering. Yeah. They, if they're terrible, they're going to get a high draft pick. They might end up with Ed Oliver or, um, who else is coming out that's great? You're a draft Sean Gray or, um, uh, Bosa. Nick Bosa. Yeah. Could have Nick next, Bosa. Next week, I'm going to start doing a mock draft. So check it out and I'll let you know who they Wow. Can Ryan Wilson, noted college football expert, going to be doing a, <laughs> a, a, a CBS Sports mock draft. Um, okay. Let's keep moving this along. Oh, Sam Darnold too for the Jets. That's the right move, right, Kevin? 
Yeah. That's you start I mean. there. Yeah. yeah. See what happened to Josh McCown. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles announced that Nick Foles will be their quarterback for the opener. Whole thing with Doug Peterson in the media is very weird. Um, you know, a national media guy reported that and then he lumped the national media guy. Uh, it was Ian Rappaport of NFL Media, if we're going to name names. He lumped them in with the Eagles beat reporters. They got upset. It's very weird. Of note, half the league called the Raiders for Mac, according to Reggie McKenzie. Three or four teams that were close. I think the Browns were, were involved. The 49ers admitted that they got really close Packers. and aggressive. The Packers. The Jets were supposed to be the Jets one. were the involved. The Jets were like second place, I think, from what I'm reading. Yeah. So like, because what the, what the, what the Raiders ultimately decided was who's going to end up with the worst, who offered us the best package that might end up with the worst pick. And they said, eh, Packers and the Vikings are good. The Bears might stink. Let's send it to the Bears. And that's how that happened. Uh, of course, you can check out our full Khalil Mack coverage. Jason Lock and Fora points out why the trade didn't have to happen on CBSSports.com. And check out yesterday's episode with Bryant McFadden, where we break it down. Now we're going to dive into some week one lines, early lines, early leans. R.J. White has been – did I miss any news, by the way? Just Davis Webb. I mean, I don't know how you left that out, but – Didn't we talk, did I talk about that yesterday? I wasn't with you guys. Who knows? Um, I was just kidding, but – That's a big deal. Such a big deal that nobody picked him up. Nobody claimed Davis Webb? Nobody claimed. See, that's that rookie contract thing again. You can sign him for the cheap. You don't want to assume the full deal, I guess. But he's not a first-round pick, so who cares about what his rookie contract is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but the Giants didn't draft a quarterback with the number. But he's a third-round pick, so you'd owe him for the next two or three years. Yeah. Right, but at you who know, cares? peanuts, who cares? Clearly nobody. <laughs> um, maybe we didn't talk about Davis Webb yesterday. That was weird. I don't know. I thought it was bizarre. It was bizarre keeping four quarterbacks when you have 53 roster spots. And you're going to use four of them on quarterbacks because, God forbid, someone else gets their hands on Alex Tanney. Yes, right. that was the bizarre part. <laughs> Keeping Tanney over him was the bizarre part. But, yeah, I guess you could say they weren't – they didn't draft him. The previous regime did. So, Are you comfortable with the Giants going into 2018? No. Not at all? And Kevin is a Giants fan, obviously, since I asked you that. Right, correct. No, their schedule is brutal to start. I think the first eight games are pretty tough, so – Two and six. Two, that's where your feelings at? Wow. It's worth, it's worth noting that Kevin is one of the most pessimistic fans. That's he's a true. Yankees but... fan and the UNC Tar Heels fan. Yeah, he's Extremely... really suffering through life. <laughs> yeah, that is he's basically true, but... succeeding at life in sports at my expense. <laughs> yeah, and still very, very upset about it. I that. just think, I think their people are overrating their defense mm. for some reason. And Vernon's hurt right now and there's no news about him. That has been quiet too. He yes. got hurt in the preseason. He's been quiet. So the Giants play the Jaguars week one? But, I was going to segue to that, but you go ahead. Well, I want to bring this up quickly. There was a should be Hall of Famer, Jaguars great on the set Fred today. Taylor. Why didn't I wasn't going to mention his name because of the next part here, but sure, Fred <laughs> Taylor was. But I asked him the question we talked about last night. I I said, uh, Blake Bortles or David Garrard, who's better? And he took a second to think, and he said, No one's ever asked me that question. <laughs> <laughs> and. um I'll ask you guys, Blake Bortles or David Garrard, who would it's you rather not have? Even close. David Garrard's better. David Garrard. David Garrard's a pro bowler. He took a second, and I think he was trying to make sure he, he was being diplomatic about it, but he he's said. Like, he's like, look, he's like, is this guy tweeting this? <laughs> no. He, he said Garrard was more ac- accurate, which I think is true, just anecdotally. I haven't looked at the numbers, but also bigger and bigger moments, but fewer mistakes and bigger moments. And because, you know, I'm a Steelers homer, but I remember Fred Taylor and David Garrard and Jack Del Rio's Jaguars coming to Pittsburgh and whipping up on those guys a lot in the late aughts. And um, I, I feel like Garrard's a better player, too. I mentioned that because our buddy Pete Prisco 
would crucify Gerard every chance he got when he was in, in doing radio in Jacksonville. And uh, as you know, Wilbur, he is all up in the Bortles train. God, it's ridiculous. It's gotten like ridiculous. And he's like, I was talking to everybody at the Jaguars, and they were laughing at you because you think that they should have traded for Teddy Bridgewater. That was a, that was a really weird. That was like meth down. Is he piece. in the room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that a good Pete or Man, bad Pete? Terrible. That was a terrible. Drunk. Yeah. That was a bad Pete. But uh, um, I, I will just to, to carry carry that out. I actually have the the Giants winning that game. Week one. Wow, I do too. And I think the segue I was going to make is a point that um, the esteemed Eric K pointed out as he was leaving. RJ does uh, has done very well in the Super Contest the last few very years. Very well. Keeps a spreadsheet. He's, you know, look, you're a nerd about it, and I respect it because you're a rich <laughs> nerd. Um, money-making nerd. Hey, I'd love to be a money-making nerd. Um, was that a phone? It sounded like a toot. Boss. It sounded like a toot. That was the Eric K that we're talking about. Um, Eric asked you what about your personal power rankings might surprise some people, and I think the first thing that popped out was that the Jaguars are not in the top five, barely in the top ten. Right. If, I, if I'm doing my power rankings, I have New England and the Rams up the top. I like the Saints. I'll take the Vikings and the Falcons over them. And then I think you're looking at Packers, Steelers, and then I'm ready to slot the uh, Jaguars in there, probably eighth. So who's right behind the Jaguars? The Giants? Uh, Chargers. Uh, Eagles, and it's just because we're accounting for Nick Foles in week one. This is a week one power ranking. This oh, oh so, okay. Season. So just looking at where teams stand in week one. Right. So why are the Jaguars so low? Um, Blake Bortles. Um, that defense, I think, is going to regress a little bit, and that doesn't mean they're going to be terrible. You know, regression to you know fifty percent of whatever they did is still great. It's just not historically great. So the offense is going to have to carry a bigger load. Blake Bortles, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. He hasn't hasn't shown that he can. They're already down their top receiver, so now we're looking at Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook. There's things to like about both guys, but you know, if they're complementary guys, you know, we saw how losing a, a top receiver affected the Giants last year. You know, they went from, you couldn't move the ball at all. Um, and, you know, after having Odell Beckham, it's not like Marquise Lee is Odell Beckham. But I do think that Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook could be Sterling Shepard and, and the collection of misfits that the Giants had last year. So I don't know how, if they get down in the game and they get behind and it's a negative game script, I don't know how they're keeping up with whoever they're playing. They were both drafted in the 2014 NFL draft. Really? Marquise Lee and Odell Beckham. Wow. Well, I, can, I, can I ask a question? What's no, what's yes. happening with Des? Like, where's he going to end up? Who knows? I think a lot of these um, veterans that want to get um, bigger bigger contracts and bigger money, like obviously he's trying not to sign for the minimum. You have to wait until after a certain point. You know, obviously after the fifty three man cut down, uh, so the contract won't be guaranteed. Because if he was on, you know, however long they could, that would be on their cap all year. So now you can bring him in. If he doesn't work out three four weeks, you cut him. You're only paying him that prorated amount. Um, Good point, RJ. Well. The other thing too is I think Dez wants to make sure, and I think anybody who wants to bring in Dez wants to make sure that he is happy, and so he wants to make sure it's a winning team. Like Dez, that was the report about why he didn't sign with Cleveland. Right, Jaguars have a pretty good track record based on last year, ten and six. Well, then you got to play with Blake Bortles, huh? Yeah, he got frustrated. Can you imagine putting Dez with Blake yeah. Bortles? But he, does he really want a winning team, or does he want the money he wants? He wants both. He thinks he gets a winning team and the money. That ain't going to happen. Right. But the like, Browns didn't even offer him what the Ravens offered him. So the, the salary's going down the longer he waits. Correct. Well, the longer he waits, the less games he'll play. Therefore, the salary. But even down. during the offseason, right, right, right? The Browns right. offered him yeah. five ish, I think we heard. Well, that's not that bad. You should have taken Well, he had 721 from, or 321. He should have taken the Ravens offer. Yeah. Like, just take the Ravens offer. What are you doing? Um, okay. So do you, how do you think the Jaguars fare? 
Because you, you've been staunchly anti-Jaguars. And in fact, we've spent this whole weekend that we've been in Fort Lauderdale screaming at Brett, our other editor, um, ex- trying to explain why the Jaguars are going to regress. I think like Kevin's been open-minded about it. RJ is on board with it and taking the Jaguars under. Um, and then like I was yelling something. I don't remember what I was yelling about at Funky Buddha, but I was like, like run defense is not replicable or something like that. I mean, that, that's the basic gist of it, but. The Jaguars don't have to be as good on defense because their pass defense could regress a little bit. They don't have to get as many turnovers. And if they're in bad negative game scripts, they can lose a lot more games this year. And they're probably not going to be as healthy. You know, they had phenomenal health on the defense. Three in games lost to, to, on, to injury on defense. On defense, yeah. And so if that mixes in, if even if it's not season-ending injuries, even if Cully's Campbell's missing a couple games for, you know, a shoulder issue or or Yannick Ngakwe is, you know, down six games for a foot issue, that, that all adds up. And all of a sudden you're – in a game with a team you should beat on the road, like the Giants, obviously, they're all healthy now. So so throw this example out of the water. But, you know, week nine, week ten, whoever they're playing then, you never know. You could get upset. It's not like they were blowing teams out consistently last year either. I mean, they were in a game with the Browns until that sack fumble scoop and score uh, put it put them with the cover. So I don't know. I don't I don't trust that offense, obviously. If, if things are going perfectly, then, yes, they're going to win a lot of games because the defense is going to be at the top of its game. They're going to be running the ball. They should be fine. But once it's the NFL, things don't go perfectly for 16, 17 weeks. What happens? Pessimistic Giants fan. Maybe that could just be your, like, you could have a recurring, like, giant, like, segment of the podcast. Pessimistic yeah. Giants fan. Like, ah, oh, did you see what happened with Eli? He's washed as hell. Uh, although that already happens. You just, we could just do it at halftime of each game. That's right. Yeah. 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 You just dial up and just scream about the Giants. Where wh- you think they're going to get bloodbathed by Jacksonville, don't you? I don't know if it's going to be a bloodbath. I, I think Jacksonville will cover. But I think the Giants will be in it for a little while, but I just don't, I just don't see that defense holding up. If Vernon doesn't play, there's no pass rush at all. But two years I ago, mean, that defense was remarkably good, and they were so disappointing last year, I feel like they're set up for a rebound. But I, I think I was, I was talking to Brett about it today. I think they have five or six new starters, and it's a, it's a 3-4 now, as opposed to a 4-3 they were running. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't see the secondary holding up. They don't know who's going to be their second safety. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this though. If you think about the match, we've sort of been ignoring this all offseason. If you think about the matchup, like what do the Giants do well on defense? What are they definitely going to do well on defense? Stop the run. I was going to say, yeah. Damon Harrison, no, Landon Collins. Come on. They're going to stop the, yeah. BJ Hill. They did, they, their first, their first unit did well in the preseason stop and run. I think they'll do okay at stop and but run. If but if you can go out there in week one with a healthy defense and snacks Harrison in the middle, and and stuff the Jaguars' run game and force them to go with Blake Bortles, maybe make some moves on offense. I think Pat, I mean, Pat Shermer is capable of scheming up some stuff for Odell Beckham, and we, Evan Ingram might not play with a concussion, but Saquon Barkley, of course, Sterling Shepard. If you can scheme up some stuff and you can get out to a 14-7 or 14-3 or 14 nothing lead against the Jaguars, again, that's the game script. You can put the Jaguars in a bad spot. I personally like the Giants in this spot. And as RJ's pointed out, if the Jaguars' defense isn't, First or second, and they're you six. could run against them last year. You can't. That's it. you know what? Who was talking about this? Evan Silva, Roto World, made this point a few weeks ago, talking about run defenses, and because um, our buddy Andy Benoit, who's now at SI.com, was complaining that Aaron Donald shouldn't have been Defensive Player of the Year on a, on a Rams team that was so terrible against the run. And Evan Silva's point was, you have a stout, unbelievable pass defense. You can give a little on the run defense. And if you look at the numbers. Jaguars run defense was garbage according to football outsiders. They were like in the, in the high twenties, but they were still the top defense, top one or two. So you can win doing that. And I think if they slip a little, and as you point out, they weren't great against the run. 
They're, they're not a lot to win that game. No, I don't think so at all. All right. Do you have a lean on that game? Do we even talk? How did we get there? Oh, power rankings. <laughs> How the hell did we get there? I'm, I'm leaning Jags right now. Uh, I'm not ready to concede that we know that the Giants run defense is going to be good. They were good last year in a 4-3. They're switching to a 3-4. Usually when you're getting run on, it's against your base set. So who knows how they're going to react to being in a different formation. Guys have different responsibilities, too. They did sign William Gay. That helps. Okay, I take it all back. Giants are winning the Steelers, 35-year-old former quarterback. Worth noting that RJ has finished in the money in the Super Contest the last two years. You have to pick five games against the spread each week. We will be doing that on this podcast with myself, Pete Prisco, and Nick Costos. Nick doesn't know it yet. Pete does. He's scheduled the time. Nick's going to be irate because he's so busy. Um, Pete's busy, too, he thinks. He claims he is. Um, where, When you're narrowing down the games, uh, just having seen your process, you usually take the full slate. And identify a group, and then you rate them, right? Like you go like A, B. I, mean, I, I, I rank them. I don't have, you know. Right. I usually you put, put them in tiers, though, right? Right. I have yeah. star, you know, three star, four star, five star, that kind right. of thing. Um, five stars. I there's probably no way I'm getting off that game unless there's some crazy injury news that comes out. Um, so that's getting locked in. Usually, I don't have those oh, right. at, at mon- on Monday or Tuesday. Um, but but you, you know, can start to see where you might have a five star depending on like what pops up, right? Like, yeah, I mean, teams don't you. The picks that I like, they don't end up five star either. It's usually like, okay, I'm going with these, this one four star, these two three stars, and then let's figure out from the rest what I'm going to do. Okay, do you have any four stars as of right now? Recording this on Monday night, Labor Day night. Do you have any four stars? I like Minnesota at home against San Francisco. Um, Obviously, San Francisco's gotten a lot of hype because of Jimmy G. That line is only six. If you look at, uh, we were talking about this Green Bay Chicago line is at seven, seven and a half around Mm -hmm. there. I like Minnesota better than Green Bay. I like Chicago better than San Francisco. So we're already looking at a line where you're getting, if you rank all the four teams, you're getting the two and the three team in one matchup, the one and the four in the other matchup, yet the two, three matchup has a bigger line than the one, four. So it doesn't really make sense in that context. Minnesota, we know, is a great home field team. I give them four points of home field advantage. So you're talking on a neutral field, you're only giving two points if you're Minnesota to the San Francisco. I can't see. San Francisco is not that good. Defensively, they're, they're pretty, pretty weak. I think all around, even with Richard Sherman, um, Ruben Foster is not going to be there. Obviously suspended. The defensive line was dealing with some injuries. I think they're all going to play, but they're dealing with injuries in the preseason. Uh, so I don't know how they're going to, uh, limit the Minnesota offense and the Minnesota defense at home. I think they can handle Jimmy G just fine. I and, actually, and no Jared McKinnon. yeah, no Jared McKinnon, Matt Breida and, and Alf Morris, who they'll be trying to work in. I actually bet the, the Vikings at minus five on May 16th. Nice. I don't know why they opened at minus four and a half. Yeah. I, I was worried he was going to climb above a touchdown. I, I'm with you 100%. I think that as long as that's under seven points, that'll be one of my super contest picks because you, you go see that place in Minnesota, that place gets loud. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to play. And you go back and think about what they did in New Orleans in week one of 2017. To me, that's a no-brainer. Um, so is there is there any chance Cousins doesn't perform well in his first game? Home crowd, big mm-hmm. contract? Maybe. I mean, he's got great receivers. I, I I can't, you know, if he had to carry the offense by himself, maybe. But with Dalvin Cook and those two receivers, you know, and Kyle Rudolph, you know, it's pretty great third option there at tight end. So I I, I just don't see it. There's like too, the, too much surrounding. The Kyle Shanahan factor concerns me in the way that he can scheme up stuff for Jimmy G. But I think Mike Zimmer negates that enough where defensively with their personnel, like they can shadow Harris. I mean, like, who's beating them deep, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think Marquise Goodwin's a stud. 
But he's gonna have Xavier Rhodes and Harrison Smith on him. Who else is catching passes for this? And he's though? caught a lot. You know, he's caught fire in in the in August in fantasy drafts. You know, just yep. rising up. He's going like fifth round. Up. It's crazy. But do we know that he's like a locked in number one receiver? Like mm. we're basing this off of very little sample size. Yep. So he could have this year where he's you know eight hundred yards and three touchdowns, and we're like, well, what were we thinking about Marquise Goodwin? Because he just hasn't done it before. That that would be a dagger for a lot of fantasy teams. Can I what? ask RJ a quick question? You can do whatever you want. Derail this thing. So RJ, you like that game better than. Ravens, Bills. Even I do. Even though you despise the Bills' chances yeah. this year, just because the lines already at a touchdown, and I have trouble taking teams at a touchdown or better. It's, okay, it's just, just a general. It's, just, it's so hard to do that. And I already explained why I like Nathan Peterman a little better. Maybe they go a little conservative. You could see a low-scoring Ravens win, thirteen to six. Over under for that game is forty and a half. I think it is the lowest. It would have to be, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's the lowest. There's not a interesting that um, there's not a single over under in the thirties. I mean, maybe that's just the matchups this week. But with the new rules, you would think games would go a little bit over. I mean, this would normally – last year, I feel like this is the 37.5 over-under, but I think Vegas is a little worried about people hitting those overs. Yeah, what's interesting is because you usually see lower-scoring games early in the year. Because people were sloppy. And, yeah, because offenses has, haven't had time to click because they would barely play in the preseason. Now and uh, Baltimore, that's a, a feature, not a bug, with Joe Flacco. <laughs> sloppy. This is a big time year for Joe Flacco. Don't despair. This is a pro-Joe Flacco Podcast. Well, the uh, Lamar Jackson draft thing. Do you know? Do you know that in my in my in my picks that I sent in today for our divisions, you know who I don't have making the playoffs and finishing third in the division? Oh yeah, the Steelers. Oh, that's fine. I, I welcome that. that. You had that. the uh, you had the Browns winning the division last year, I believe. Uh, I had the Ravens finishing last in the division last year. I got oh, that's crap. what it was. Yeah. That's right. Um, where else? What else are you looking at? Leans wise, RJ. Uh, I do like Miami at home. They have a surprisingly strong home field advantage based on last year when they were they were a bad team last year, but they actually played pretty solidly at home. Why is the NFL having a game in Miami in in September? I don't know. Like there's a tropical storm yesterday on Sunday. Uh, and you couldn't have played it here. How, I mean, well, maybe. Monday. How long ago was it where a game had to be canceled in week one? <laughs> like unless, it was 51 it was, weeks it was ago. Long, yeah. long time. Oh, 51. It was last year. Yeah. They had to cancel it because that cocaine tornado came through <laughs> the Miami Dolphins yeah, offensive line coach. I don't know why you would do that again. Little, literally week one. That was a year ago. I might name all my fantasy teams cocaine tornado. That was that feels like it was like five years ago. Man, I wonder. I hope that guy's doing okay. Uh, yeah, it really does. The, the, the Dolphins were a mess last year. I I, I agree. I like the Dolphins. I I think, and I'm a, I'm big on the Titans this year. But I think any time in week one where you can get a home dog, where we don't know enough about these teams, and this is a huge game for Adam Gase. This is a winnable home game where he's only a one and a half point underdog. He needs this to come out, to come out kind of hot. I think they have the personnel that can match up pretty well with Kenyon Drake. Like the, if you're looking at one maybe weakness for the Titans on defense, besides the pass rush, like I don't know that their linebackers can keep up with Kenyon Drake. They have a lot of weaknesses, I feel like. I don't under, I don't know if Mike Vrabel is going to take right away. Mm. And you love the, I can never remember the, the, the flower offensive line. Matt LaFleur. LaFleur, thank you. I don't know if that's going to take with Mariota because I don't know who Mar- I tell you this all the time. I don't know who Mariota is. I feel like he's a quarterback from Oregon drafted by the who is not Titans. living up to expectations. I think you would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Pete, Pete pointed like Marcus Mariota was worse than Blake Bartles last year. It's like that was a good Pete. Um, <laughs> that was a good Pete. <laughs> that was funny, yeah. Not, like, not Pete. That was yeah. He's like it's like he threw fifteen picks and thirteen touchdowns. It's like yeah, Pete. I can see the stats too. He also said your boy Mike Malarkey is his coach. Do you buy or sell Marcus Mariota bounce back this year, Kevin? Oh, that's a tough one. I think he should be better this year. New offense. Give him a little more freedom. I guess he has to be, right? I like that confidence. He, he has to be. Marcus Mariota. He sounds like he's talking about Eli. He's, he's like, ah, this guy's a dead man walking. <laughs> I like, I like Mariota, but, you know, we have to see it first. 
Uh, the Dolphins would have to be dogs for you to take them, right? Right. Yeah. And the other reason I like the Dolphins in this game is Ryan Tannehill obviously coming back. He hasn't played in forever. Um, but this is a good spot for him because they're not going to have that great of a pass rush because you're already down Derek Morgan. You're down Harold Landry. Yep. You know, so I don't know who's, who's getting after the, the uh, quarterback. So even if the left tackle isn't going to handle, uh, Arakbo that much, you know, you can give him some help and all of a sudden Tannehill's got all day to throw. So. You got Kenyon Drake moving the ball, running the game, you know, running it, and you get the passing offense comfortable because you're not getting the pass rush. I think Miami could put up some points. Jarvis Landry lost it all, given his 2.5 yard average per catch. No. What do you guys think about Drake? He's like, seems like he's climbing. He's up, up there. He's like ladders. third or fourth round PPR machine. I mean, I like him a lot. I think RJ bet him to lead the league in 80 rushing. to one to lead the league in rushing. And yeah. this, this is why. He was the bell cut back for five games, the last five games. Before that, he was getting less than 10 carries per game. First five games of the season, he had four carries total. In that last five-game stretch where he was getting 23 carries, 16 carries, 19 carries, he averaged 90, about 90 yards a game, just shy of 90 yards a game. Only one back in the league averaged more than 90 yards a game. That was Zeke Elliott, you know, who obviously played a, a shorter season. So if you're getting that kind of production out of Kenyon Drake this year with a better quarterback, you know, obviously you have to uh, respect the pass a little more. He could, if he's putting up 90 yards a game, he's going to contend for the rushing title. Disrespectful to Jake Hollywood. Well, and one thing you could do if you wanted to see just how good Kenyon Drake could be, you could go to NFL.com backslash pick six and you could subscribe to NFL Game Pass. Don't look at me funny, Ryan. This is an ad read for NFL Game Pass, one of the best services out there. Only with NFL Game Pass do you get every out of market game live. Well, I don't think you can watch them live. You can actually watch them. You can go back and watch regular season games, rewind. As soon as those games end, you can usually watch them in the, the window before the primetime game starts. Top rookies, comeback players. You can watch these new players on new teams. Kenyon Drake with the Dolphins. You can go see if he's a guy you should add in your fantasy draft if you're doing it this week. Or if you should bet on the Dolphins. Kenyon Drake, as RJ pointed out, led the league in rushing over those final few games. You can see how he looked after week one when they play. You can also check out. Maybe you want to watch and see how Tyrod Tyrod Taylor looks for the Browns. You can check out all those things, and uh, you can subscribe to NFL Game Pass. You get a free seven-day trial. Sign up now at NFL.com backslash pick six. Game on with NFL Game Pass. I like saying game on loudly. It's fun. (laughs) I really do. NFL Game Pass is an invaluable tool for those of us who write about football. But, like, if you you love football and you can't watch all the games on the Sunday, it's gotten – incredibly better over the last five years, like to the point where you can easily skip through. Because they have the condensed games too. Right. It's 30 a, minutes or so, yeah. It's essential for me. It takes about 40 minutes to get through those games, and I can crank out every game, you know, on Monday, Tuesday, have my preparation and start digging into the stats. By Wednesday, I feel like I know everything that happened. Yeah. So. And it's it, like, that's the thing too, is because you can look at the box score but not really know, and then you watch it, you're like, oh, dude, like, Derek, you know, Kenyon Drake got 15 carries and five catches. He didn't put up huge yards, but he had those spots. If they block for him or play in a bit easier defense, um, it's it's easy to figure out. What else are you looking at in week one, RJ? Uh, I like Detroit now that we know that Sam Darnold for sure is starting because mm. rookie quarterback week one, you always like to fade that guy. And then um, you're talking about the youngest quarterback ever, you know, to play in week one. Yeah. So I think Darnold's going to be good. I think we should expect that from him, but – Week one, going into a, a a team that might be upgraded on defense with Matt Patricia, I think he could struggle. I think that they're going to have trouble moving the ball with him under center. So I like Detroit. I think Detroit, we know the the script with them. They beat up on bad teams, and they get their butts kicked by good teams. You know, I think that stat with Matt Stafford against winning teams with winning records is like 
six and forty four or something crazy in his career. You know, some ridiculous. Oh yeah, he stinks against winning records. Winning teams, yeah, I forgot about that. But he, you know, they always win seven, eight games a year because he's incredible against bad teams. Do we and know what's going to happen with Robbie Anderson? Is he? I think they said he's not going to be suspended. Sound like he's going to be fine. So it's, right. it seems like Jermaine Curse, Quincy Anunua, and Robbie Anderson will all be okay. Curse for is point. hurt. Curse is hurt. I think Anunua's banged up too. Maybe. I think they're going to have. I think they should have Anunua. Anderson and then Pryor's the three. And at running back, Bilal Powell. So, I mean, like, we're not talking about a murderer's row of skill position guys for Sam Darnold here. And I, I, I personally think, Kevin, that Sam Darnold will be great, as RJ said. I agree with that. I could see, I don't think the stage will be too big for him here, but the, the lack of personnel and the, and the Lions defense might just be too much. I think so too. I think he's, he's got the poise and I don't think anything will bother him, but he just doesn't have the pieces around him yet. I mean, it's yeah. Monday Night Football, week one of your career, youngest rookie to ever play. It's If you're going to fade a guy, fade him in that spot, even if you think he's going to be good. It's just when you're that young, how do you expect him to come in and just have immediate success? I bet that line climbs over a touchdown by the time it kicks I off. I wouldn't be surprised. It's six and a half right now, I believe. Um, the other Monday Night game, Raiders hosting the Rams. Of course, the Raiders just traded away Khalil Mack. And you know what? That's not scaring me. I'm still taking the Raiders, and I might lock him in as a best bet. I, I, don't, I just think – for whatever reason, John Gruden is going to get his team fired up for this game. The Khalil Mack trade hurts for purposes of betting on the Raiders because I think it's tougher to fire up a team after you do that trade. I just think that's going to be one of those weird late-night games where the better team loses to a vastly inferior team, and we think it's like it's one of those overreaction results. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Buy or sell. I, I sell that take. Because the Rams are going to beat and just roll in this game. You think so? Yeah. It, yeah. We saw the reaction to to that trade, you know, on Twitter. Derek Carr's going, no way. Bruce Irvin's going, no bleeping way. And so these players are going to come out, I think, demoralized. I don't think they're getting back to work on Wednesday like, this is our team. This is this is our chance for a title, you know, now that we've traded Khalil Mack, you know. So the reaction there, I think they're going to be get on their heels. If they were playing a worse pseudo contender, maybe I'd like them in that spot, but I think Rams might be the best team in the NFC. They're just top to bottom so good. Wow. So, and by the I way, think, the Rams, I mean, the, the Raiders defense was terrible last year with Khalil Mack. So now thanks, the, thanks, John Gruden. The good best call. player That's in football good. is in Chicago, and they're suddenly going to be one of the most explosive offenses in the NFC. Mm. I think, I think their morale shot, and that just screams late game, just like 30 to 10 at halftime, people are turning it off. Why is it this line moving more then? Why is it only? Well, it is. It's, it's up to four now. It's going to, it was three before the Khalil Mack trade. Is that four? People are going to be betting and it's that, that. People are going to be hammering the race. It's that primetime game. It's that, that game by itself. So people are going to be looking to make up their money on Sunday. They're going to look at that Lions Jets game and go, Oh, maybe Darnold's okay. I don't want to bet it. They're going to look at Rams minus four to probably be four and a half by, by Monday night. And they're going to, or Monday during the day. Are we allowed to cite the Action Network on here? Sure. So, yeah. So Action Network has, um, the public money percentages. They actually have the Rams at minus four and a half, 60, a nice 69% of the bets are on the Rams. 80% of the money is on the Rams. People are hammering the Rams and not slowing down. Worst team, Raiders, uh, Bills. Bills. Uh, no, I, I disagree with that. You, the Raiders are Raiders right quarterback. And nothing else. Literally nothing else. The, Amari, Amari Cooper would be the top option on the Bills in a heartbeat. Jordan yeah, Nelson fair, would be the top option. Fair enough. The but I mean, John Gruden is the worst thing to happen to that organization. I don't disagree with that. Since, since Mark Davis's last haircut. <laughs> <laughs> God. Savage burn of Mark Davis. Wait, so you disagree that John Gruden's terrible? Or? No, I wholeheartedly agree that oh, okay. John Gruden is taking what Reggie McKenzie right. built over a period of three and or four Jack years. And Jack Del Rio. 
Is there anything more demoralizing than making Jack Del Rio, who won 12 games last year? Watch this dismantling. Announce that he's being fired for John Gruden. No, that was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And like, then it's, then you give John Gruden a hundred million dollars. He, you can't pay Khalil Mack. And he, the worst thing he did recently, he said that he threw it on Reggie McGinty. He's like, I wasn't involved in sending the second round pick back to the Bears. He's just trying to find a way to get Reggie McGinty fired. But to be fair, you don't know that John Gruden can't rush the passer at this point. Who knows? That's right. He could be worth hundred. He was wearing a starter jacket from '98 when he said that, so maybe he can rush. Maybe the he can rush the passer. Who knows? Twelve sacks, John Gruden over under. <laughs> Way over. I'll take the over. Um, what else you like in week one? I'll tell you. I'll tell you something I like that you might not like. Did that show up on the podcast? Probably. Yeah. That was 100%. me patting the table for the Carolina Panthers minus three against the Dallas Cowboys. I think Dallas, with the offensive line troubles that they've had, is going to. Coming to Carolina and get steamrolled by the Panthers. Oh, steamrolled, huh? Steamrolled. Panthers win by 14. Not even close. Okay. How's Christian McCaffrey going to fit in with the, uh, Ron Rivera 15 great. to 25 carries? So, no, no, no. They're doing a great, this offense, I think the Panthers offense is going to be better than people think. I think they're incorporating Christian McCaffrey the right way. They're using him and Cam to sort of create this, like, off kilter run game that's very non-traditional. And they're going to utilize, like. What does that mean? Well, it's just not a, they're just not going to pound him into the line over and over again. Oh, not, him, John, not Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams. Right, right. They're going to get him in space. They're going to let him take off and do what he does best. He's going to have a huge season. I think DJ Moore, they're going to get, the Cam's going to have a high per- completion percentage for the first time in his career, over 60%. I think the defense will be strong and they'll snuff out the Cowboys. Maybe. <laughs> oh, yes. Maybe. If it's a three-point game, I think these teams are about even, so I'm staying away from that line. Okay. I just think that the Panthers are better. I think the Cowboys might stink. They may be. I mean, but they don't have Thomas Davis in this game. Yeah, they have Shaq Thompson. Oh, okay. Well, you know a game I like? Sorry about that. Anybody want to hear this game? RJ, I, I know, will not like this game. And I've been down. I hear we're like, we're like, no, RJ has like mathematically inclined. He knows the deal. Picks I'm, to make. And Ryan's like, you know what I like? Right. <laughs> my gut, my gut feeling. I've been down on the Seahawks all offseason just because of all the moves they've made. But their defense has actually looked really good in the preseason. I feel like they, they have a chance to beat the Broncos. Sure. I agree that they do have a chance. I think the Seahawks are wildly underrated going into okay. the season. RJ bet on the Seahawks at 60 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. I All bet right. on them plus 260 to make the playoffs. So maybe you don't disagree I with me. I picked them today to win the NFC West. Well, that's really? insane. <laughs> Why? It doesn't have to be the Rams. But I disagree with your pick. I okay. Think, you're I, still going with the Case Keenums? Yeah. I like the Broncos. The Broncos have a great home field advantage. It's a, to me, it's a four point home field advantage because Ooh, they're okay. just, they are always great, much better at home than they are on the road. Seattle team doesn't necessarily travel well. Uh, obviously, you want to get them in front of the 12s. Uh, a lot of moving pieces for Seattle. I think I do like them to have a better season than people expect, and it might take a game or two. I think we know what we're getting from Denver at this point. I think they're going to have a better-than-expected run game with Royce Freeman. Uh, they obviously have the weapons uh, to throw to. Doug Baldwin isn't 100%. Maybe if I had Doug Baldwin at 100%, I'd think about but even, it even like, You're going to have Chris Harris on Doug Baldwin, who's not 100%, and then... Not much. What? Tyler Luck? Yeah, okay, I drafted both those guys, so yes. <laughs> right, so those guys are screwed. Cortland, Cortland Sutton's a hey, guy. Hey, congratulations. You're on Ryan's fantasy team. You're bleeped. Cortland Sutton's a guy also that could have a big, big year. I sure. Like. Yeah. So I do have Denver minus three on my list of potential takes, but it's near the bottom right now. You know, maybe is that a hedge or is you just like you like Denver? I like him in this game. Okay, I mean, there's a big difference between week one lines and and over unders for the season. So yeah, but I mean, like if you bet on if you bet on Denver and Seattle, talking about like yeah wins and you feel better about life. Sure, Um, but I'm not going to make super contest picks trying to emotionally hedge. (laughs) 
That's not how you win money. I don't know if you, uh. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. I don't win money. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do win money on the NFL, not on college football. Um, although Virginia Tech is covering. Nick Costas took, uh, Florida State. I took, uh, to Virginia Tech. So good for me. 24 to 3 or 2. Uh, yeah, that's a lock there. Plus 7.5 for Florida State and Miami, both embarrassed and humiliated. Kevin, you got a week one pick that you're staring down without your computer or lines in front of you? <laughs> uh, I think the Chargers at home. Ooh. I like it. Mahomes. What's second first, start? First game. Yeah, it'd be second start. First, first game, game as the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because last year was just an audition. And Chargers defense. I've is heard very Chargers good. so much from you, so I'm I off think the, that's I'm where off, it's coming I'm from. I'm off the Chargers this year. I'm allowing them to flourish outside of my shadow. So that's even more reason to pick them. That's right. Did the Chargers fix their run defense? Oof, they did not. Their linebackers, a, their linebackers are thin and not good. That's a problem. Kareem Hunt was the lead leaguer in lead leading league leader. Thank you. In rushing yards last year, they did resign Lee gets out Ron the Parker. first four games. We just suspended for the first four games, yeah. so they're even weaker at defensive tackle. Justin he, Jackson can fill in there, though. No, Justin Jones. Why do we keep calling him Justin Jackson? <laughs> they did resign Ron Parker, yeah, seventh round running back, Justin Jackson, who's also on the Chargers. Right, right, right. Like I did that in Dave Doran's office. I was like mm-hmm. Justin Jackson. He's like it's Justin Jones. Why? So, so yeah, maybe Patrick Mahomes isn't isn't going to be as great. I, I think he's a dark horse MVP candidate. I think they obviously. Whoa. Nice. Went to him for a reason. You know, it's not like they lost Alex Smith and they were scrambling around looking for a quarterback. They chose to go to him at this, this time and place. This was the plan all along. Juncture, if you will. So, so Andy Reid obviously has a plan. So I don't know that he's going to have, be that much pressured because if Kareem Hunt is popping off six, seven yards of carry against a bad rush defense, Mahomes can do whatever he wants, you know, in play action. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I would take the Chiefs, uh, especially if it gets, the, if it closes at three and a half once we get our super contest lines on Wednesday. I'll, I'll be looking at the Chiefs at that point. If it's at three, I'll probably stay away. Yeah. I think who are the Chiefs going to stop with that defense though? Nobody. Absolutely. Nobody. Gordon, nobody. But so if Eric it's, a shootout, it's a shootout, are you taking Rivers or Mahomes in that game? Uh, I think I'm taking Mahomes. He makes, feel... a good, he makes a good point. I'm taking, I'm taking Andy Reid. We're about to have an editor fight. This is awesome. How, how much your... did they put up on the Patriots last year? Week one? Oh, they housed us. Oh, that is Andy Reid off the bye. They housed Andy <laughs> Reid off the bye. Wish we could pipe Nick Costas in here for that. Yeah, um, they housed him. That, that was actually, cause that was Kareem Hunt fumbled that game. He never fumbled. Over under this is not high enough. 47 and a half. Should be higher. You might take the over. Get right. in on it. Should I take the over right now on that? Do it. Yeah. You think it's a good bet? <laughs> of course. All right. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, if you're trying to lock in a lock. Oh boy. Let's do a single. RJ, what are your expectations for Sammy Watkins who struggled on a very explosive Rams offense last year? Uh, I think he could be good. He's obvious. They, they, in the Rams, I think he had a lot of pressure to, to be, you know, the guy. And then Robert Woods emerged as, as doing more than we thought. Here in Kansas City, he's, he's becoming a, he's coming into the, the offense as a complimentary piece. Obviously, you have Travis Kelsey moving the ball like crazy. Kareem Hunt leading the league in rushing. I already have Tyreek Hill making the big plays. So the pressure isn't on for Sammy to, to do, uh, I mean, if he has to fill like a Nelson Aguilar type role, you know, he's for got 16 the, million a year. He's got, he, yeah. That's <laughs> pretty expensive Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> Nelson's like, wait, say what? <laughs> no, Nelson Aguilar is good as long as you No, but his agent is not getting him 16 million just yeah. right. Wait, wait until uh, he has a great year out of the slot when uh, the uh, the Eagles are looking for some production every Are you, you buying Nelson Aguilar? Kind of. I mean, I like Nelson Aguilar. It's great. So yeah, so I, I think <laughs> I think Sammy Watkins could be good. I, I end up with him in a lot of fantasy drafts because okay. it seems everyone else is down on him. And right. once you get past the the you know my eight, seven to eight dollar range of you know, Jarvis Landry's and Golden Tates, and people start dipping into the 
the Corey Davis tier, the Marquise Goodwins, and they just leave Sammy Watkins there. I'm like, wait a minute, Sammy Watkins has more upside than these guys, I think. So I ended up with him in a lot of fantasy drafts. I hope he's going to have a good season because it's going to affect me greatly if he doesn't. Well, and I should note that Andy Reid told me <clears throat> at the earners' meetings that in uh, back in March that they plan to use Sammy Watkins in the screen game a lot. I think he's one of those guys where they've sort of been hiding him this preseason. Like they haven't been showing him off. Mount Mahomes is connecting with Tyreek Hill. There's buzz that he's not connecting with Watkins. I can see Watkins having a nice year. Right. And if you're Andy Reid and you have a new quarterback, you're probably going to throw some new wrinkles in there in the offense. You're not going to show that kind of stuff in the preseason. So right. if you look at what they did in the preseason, I don't think you can judge what they're going to do in week one from that. That's a, that's a very fair point. Um, okay. We are at. Oh, goodness gracious, we're almost at the hour mark. Ryan Wilson has a flight in seven minutes. Three more hours and we'll be ready to go. Uh, is there any, any closing remarks that you guys would like to add? Any picks you want to add, Kevin? No, I don't have any other picks to add. Nor, uh, nor do I when have RJ agrees with one of my picks, I know it's wrong, so I'm going to stop there. <laughs> let's say, let's go around the room. Packers, Bears. Good it's, call, it's RJ. It's seven and a half right now with Khalil Mack. It looks like he's going to play. Which side are you taking, Ryan? Uh, I took the, uh, Packers to win Bears to cover. Bears cover seven and a half. Yeah. Kevin. Uh, it's tough for me to say this. I'm, st- I'm a big Trubisky fan, but I'm still not sold on him yet. Carolina. So I'd have to go, go Packers in that game. You know, he's the first Carolina quarterback to ever start a football game at the NFL level. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's not. TJ Yates was the first. Yates. Yeah. But that, what does that say about the state of Which side are you taking, Britson? Um, I am going to take, if I can find my week one picks that I sent in. I'm going to take Chicago. I think I'll take him with the hook. It's almost a little too obvious, but I think they can – the addition of Cleo Mack, it's not like he has to come in and learn some crazy new scheme. Line him up. Have him rush. Roquan's going to be out there. Roquan will be out there. They got the they got the bodies to rush him. I like the ability to get after Aaron Rodgers. I think Rodgers being great form, but I'll take the Bears. It's going to get down to seven, I think, and at that point I'm taking the Packers. Yes, I, if it's under a touchdown. I don't. Well, it's not going to go under a touchdown. It's going to be – it's probably going to be at seven. Packers are another team that has a strong home field advantage. When Aaron Rodgers plays, they didn't have a strong home field advantage last year because Hundley was in a lot of those games. 54% of the bets on the Packers, 67% of the money on the Bears. Post-trade. You know, people are reacting to that trade. For the money. Trying, trying to get that line down because it was eight and a half, I think, before the trade. It was so, eight and a half before the trade. So they're, yeah. they're getting that, that great line, hoping if it gets a six and a half, you play it back. You hope that it's a touchdown game. Uh, so you think it's people buying the, uh, buying the middle? Trying mm-hmm. to get that value. Interesting. So yeah, I like Aaron Rodgers, Mitch Trubisky, Seven points in Green Bay. I think you got to go Green Bay. All right, here's one. Well, let's get one more game before we get out of there. Near and dear to Ryan's heart. It's going to break your heart week one. And the Cleveland I'm Browns. all in on the Browns, buddy. Get Beat you to the punch. Are you? <laughs> so this one's interesting when you look at the math, too. 68% of the bets on Pittsburgh, no surprise, are big. You know, people think about the 0-16 Browns, think about the Steelers who, you know, perennially go to the playoffs. Well, two things. 2014, the Steelers opened with the Browns. 2017, they opened with the Browns. Both games, I'm sure, were more than three points. Both games ended up being three points, and the first one in 14 was overtime win. Uh, they had to kick field goal to win it. So it's not like the Steelers show up and house the Browns in week one. And you repeatedly write every year, because every time Mike Tomlin poops his pants in a bad, oh in a bad road game, he writes, a, he writes a story every year. He's like, here's another game in which the Steelers gag. It's like the list of Browns quarterbacks on that, on that long t-shirt. It's like the list of games that Tomlin loses to terrible teams. It's gotten, he's done better in recent years, but, uh, a few years they, ago, they, they, no, two years ago, they lost to the Dolphins. Last year, they lost to the Jets, right? Or is that, do I have that flipped? Uh, I could check. I mean, they've, they've lost some games they shouldn't have lost to, but 2014, they lost to the Browns in that second matchup, I believe. And, um, they may have had eight turnovers in that game. That might be the game that had eight turnovers. Um, and that's when, uh, the Browns actually were, I think, 
they went how many they were in first place in November at that point and they they sort of crapped their pants. But yeah, the Steelers aren't afraid to lose. Sorry, yeah. This is a family podcast. That's right. So the, the Steelers are not afraid to lose uh, to, to terrible teams. And this Browns team, I feel like, is, you know, we say it every year, finally going to be better than the teams we're, we've seen under Hugh Jackson previously. The smart money for two straight years has been on the Browns week in and week out just because the stats say they're, <laughs> they're not as bad as what, what you see with your own two eyes. And the smart money loses money on the Browns year in and year out. So this really has shades of that. I think the line moved because obviously Le'Veon Bell doesn't look like he's going to play. So it was five, I think, and, and then it got down to four and a half. Now it's obviously four. Maybe it keeps on moving if, if Le'Veon still doesn't report by the end of the week. Uh, but I think the Steelers could come out and handle their business just because this is what the Browns do. You know, occasionally they'll catch the Steelers, you know, off guard. Uh, I think this year might be a little bit different. I think, the Browns might be a little bit overrated coming off of hard knocks and it's driving that line down. I mean, we could see it even get closer to three Ooh. at this. So, you know, by the way, here's the, um, the last four years. So in 2014, the Steelers lost to the Jets on the road in week, uh, week 10. You can't lose that 2014 Jets team. They went four and 12. Um, yikes. The following year, I think the best, the, they, they didn't really have one of those bad games. They lost to the Patriots in week one, Ravens twice, which is tough. And then the Seahawks on the road, you kind of give them that in 2015. 2016, they go, I remember they lost to the Miami Dolphins. I don't think the Dolphins, was Landry Jones playing that game or was it? Um, it might have been. That sounds, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah Ben might have gotten hurt against the Jets the week before. And then last year, Bears in overtime. Yeah, that was, that was you know what, that was the first time that the protests happened. Villanueva, right. there That's was right. some, so I think they were actually just combobulated. That's not an excuse, but I, I feel like, and after that, Thomas, I'm not talking about the flag. Mm, fascinating. Okay, so, uh, take the Browns. Or don't take the Browns. We'll be back, uh, let's see, I don't know what we're gonna do for tomorrow's podcast. We'll figure it out when I get home. Um, but then Thursday, we'll be back. You know, I don't know what we're doing the rest of the week. I feel we're just as well. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out, guys. It's been a blast to do this again sometime.